chronological age versus biological age. You know, let's talk about the balance of activity, overactivity, and inactivity. Hey, everyone, Rob Kress here, root pharmacist. And uh, last episode, we spoke about organ reserve and the role that it plays, um, basically, to its functional capacity to support life as well as to support us in times of stress and even trauma. We also talked about how lean body mass or functional lean body mass plays a role in our organ re reserve. So essentially, as we support a healthy organ reserve, uh, we have the ability to decrease or have a younger or a healthier biological age. Uh, and what does that result in? That results in a reduction of risk factors of chronic disease. Because remember, when we talked about, like over the last 20 years, chronic diseases, and even 40 years, but certainly 20 years, chronic diseases have just gone through the roof and people are not aging in a healthy manner that they once done, have. So let's talk about the difference. So chronological age is essentially the years you have been on earth. Your biological, also known as physical age, uh, basically it's how old that your body seems. Um, and it could be related to your overall body, um, individual organs, things like that. Now, how, do, how is this figured out? Well, you can go online and you can actually find a, um, a biological age test. Uh, and this itself could be um, like based on lifestyle issues. They'll ask you certain questions like, how much water do you drink in a day? Um, they might ask questions about your diet. Um, how much sleep do you get? How much time do you spend sitting throughout the day? So that's addressing how sedentary you are. Um, they might ask about your weight, how healthy your weight is. Um, how many fruits and vegetables you eat each day? Do you smoke? Uh, how many times a week you exercise, how much alcohol you consume, and then other questions as far, you know, that might even talk about the mind, body, emotions things. Do you like your job? You know, do you like where you are in life? So, you know, all these lifestyle measurements um, have an impact on how healthy you are aging. Now, there's also lab tests that can be done. You can test telomere length. Now, telomeres are uh, related to DNA, and, and I think the good best example people will say on this one is if you look at a shoelace and the little plastic thing at the end of it that prevents it from fraying, that would be like a telomere. It's actually prevent, um, protecting your DNA. So if that is small, then you have an increased chance of damage of uh, DNA. Um, Speaking of genetics in that realm as well, there's DNA methylation. Uh, so if you've got some SNPs or some, uh, we'll call them genetic mutations that might lead to that, that can enhance your aging as well, um, make, you know, meaning making you older. Other things, uh, body mass index, lean body mass, etc. So one way I would also, like say if you were just kind of looking at yourself and you're doing a comparative analysis of who's around you, I do caution you to do that because if you think about it, the average American is not a healthy individual. Um, you know, we kind of are in a sick society uh, and it might not be the uh, mile marker that you want to put yourself up against. So anyway, we talk about life, we talk about life extension, we talk about our lifespan and it really is it's it's a measurement of both quality and quantity. Um, certainly, quantity we want to you know we want to add years to our life and life to our years. Um, we want to be able to be free. We want to be able to move. We want to feel good, right? We want to be happy. We want to love. We want to um, just you know 
we want to give back. You know, there are all these good elements. Now, let's talk about quantity. Quantity would be how long do we live? Um, I think most people would agree they'd rather live maybe a slightly shorter life uh, of one that just feels great and doing everything that you want to do, opposed to maybe one that's slightly longer when you're stricken with chronic diseases. Now, this is obviously is not a common example, but it just shows the gravity that sometimes pure own living longer is not better. And, you know, here we are in 2018. Last year, 2017, the information came out. We haven't heard yet this year. Um, but for 2017 and 16, it was uh, two years in a row. Um, the first, basically, it was the first downturn in life expectancy in over 20 years. That's a 20-year marker I was talking about. You know, that's where these um, – uh, a profound increase of lifestyles, lifestyle and chronic diseases have increased. The last multi-year drop was back in 1962 and 1963. So there are some things going on, you know, and that's why it's really important to focus on this. So now, oh, and, you know, the average age right now is 78.6 years. So we know a lot of people that are living longer. Are they living quality? Let's hope so. Um, for ourselves, where we've got plenty of time to impact this, let's do it. And you know what? It's never too late. So both history and the present time provides numerous examples of how we can age in excellence. Um, you know, if you look at primal man and woman, um, you know, their average age may have only, you know, peaked at around 30s, but that was because of the rigorous and dangerous lifestyle that they lived. I mean, living in nature, in the jungle, in the Serengeti, wherever you might have it, you've had climate challenges, you had a lot of stress responses that made you stronger, but it also decreased declined age as well as um, you know children dying at birth and things, things like that. Now, when we started to hit um, the age of cultivation, agriculture, that's actually when we started to see even a decline from that 30 down to 18 or so. Um, historical archaeologists believe that if you took the health that primal man and woman were in um, before agriculture and before the cultivating of grains when they were essentially the true hunter-gatherer, they could have easily lived to a ripe old age of 100. Now, what's interesting, who do we see these days? Um, the Blue Zones. Uh, Dan Bittner is the author of the books, The Blue Zones, and uh, great reads, great information, but these are areas in the country where people live longest and the healthiest, and there's some key factors. These people stay active. They're constantly moving. They have a sense of belonging, a sense of community, um, diet. They eat well. So a lot of these factors basically contribute to one's health and you know what their biological or their chronological age might be. So the goal of biological age, you know, it, it's basically to enhance our functional ability of our muscles and organs to transcend chronic age. So we're we're stronger and healthier than what our years say. So if I right now might be 47, well, then I would like a chronic age chronological age of 27 or 37. I mean, if you look back, remember Jack Lane when he was, I believe, in his 80s, he had a chronological age that was much lower, close to someone of their 40s. Uh, so it's pretty amazing. And he, he did live to a ripe old age of, what's 96 years old, I believe. So let's talk about uh, the role of activity and inactivity, because as you know, there's so many lifestyle factors we can include into here. But let's just talk about movement. That's what this episode or topic's about. 
Inactivity itself can enhance the demise of muscles and organs. So someone who is just very sedentary and doesn't move, you are not strengthening and you're basically allowing the demise and the decline of your muscles, thus your organs. So you are basically, um, regardless of your chronic age, you're probably exceeding your uh, biological age. These are the people who might be only 60 years old, but they look like they're 80. Um, and it, due to various lifestyle issues, but also a sedentary nature impacts on that greatly. Uh, to speak to that also, there's also something that we refer to as um, basically active couch potato syndrome. And this is the individual who will wake up in the morning, go to the gym, do a workout 30 minutes an hour or something like that. But then they're sedentary for the rest of the day. It might be that they're a tra travel and salesperson, or maybe that they're a desk job and they don't get up and move. That itself is going to age you. So that would also be a no-no, right? So now on the other side of things, uh, let's look at activity. Um, now, First of all, activity is important that we just move frequently, as I just spoke about. We don't want to be sedentary. So even if we're home, just hanging out at the home, working out of the home office, um, working at a desk job, it's important to get up and move frequently. It'll decrease inflammation. And as we know, inflammation is a key to aging and chronic disease and illness and autoimmune disease. So just general movement patterns. Now, if we bridge this into exercise, let's talk about what exercise can do. Um, the goal of exercise would be to find an optimal pattern of volume, intensity, and frequency, right? So it's gonna be how much you exercise, how often you exercise, and how intense do you take that exercise? We want the ultimate goal to give us um, a, a level of health that we can enjoy. We want to delay aging and we want to minimize these chronic disease risk factors. Uh, if you were to look at a general blueprint, I certainly subscribe to um, more of a primal paleo model, which would talk about balancing um, uh, a lot of movement, regular movement, maybe walking on a regular basis every day. Um, if you talk to, or if you do the, you know, if you read into Dr. Phil Maffetone, he'll talk about, um, for healthy fat burning, uh, walking two to five hours a week at a maximum heart rate, that's 180 minus your age. So we don't want to go too high. Going too high can actually incite inflammation and also bring us into, turn us into being a sugar burner opposed to a fat burner. So general movements like that. Well, then we do want to get into um, weight-bearing exercises. We do want to train and strengthen our muscles in a functional way. So this means full-body movements, not necessarily isolated things. We want to build our muscles in a way that we would normally progress through life. Say if we were primal, right, uh, hunter-gatherer, building a home right? Um, or tearing things down or on the hunt, whatever it might be. So these things, what we could do is we could be doing squats. We could be doing push-ups. Uh, we could be doing uh, pull-ups as well as planks. So that would be a good way to look at weight-bearing exercises. And it could be very simple. Um, idea doing that maybe two to three times a week. Sprinting actually offers a lot of value in itself. Sprinting not too often though. Um, will provide certainly uh, strengthen of the muscle mass, enhancement of hormonal activity. Um, it will basically help uh, clean out your cells and your genes and help them work more efficiently. Uh, so I certainly would suggest uh, maybe modeling a sprint or looking at it. It essentially realigns us with our hunter-gatherer design for health, our genes. It will uh, stimulate the uh, lean muscle growth, optimize our fat metabolism, enhance organ reserve, um, 
and then it's also going to naturally stimulate the HGH and human growth hormone and testosterone. So when I put all this together, I also suggest, you know, I say like Spritin once a week, be intuitive on this, get to know your body, experiment with it. Um, my quick example would just be in the past week, you know, I usually spurt once a week and I only do it on days that I feel really good on. If I don't feel optimal that day, I won't do it. You know, I don't like these strong, strict rules, but I decided to push it up by four days and I tried to sprint in three days. Well, that was too soon. I just did not allow myself to heal and repair. So um, it's good to be intuitive listen to your body. It's also good to experiment to see what you can do. So now let's talk about the overactivity. Essentially abusing our muscles, our organs, and the overall body systems. This is what ages us. Uh, before we kind of get into physical, I'll put a side note, other things that can do this. Drugs, right? Uh, it could be street drugs. It could be prescription drugs. These certainly can challenge our organs. Um, excessive alcohol, decreased sleep, increased food conduction, uh, consumption, which we'll talk about, uh, increased stress, uh, chronic exercise, and exercise that's not balanced with rest and repair. That's what I want to lead into right now. Uh, it's very interesting. There was a Harvard study that uh, basically estimated NFL players live on average two decades, 20 years shorter or less than an average American male. Um, there's also research if you look at world-class extreme athletes such as triathlon, uh, triathletes or even long-distance runners, they tend, they're a group that has a higher percentage of cardiovascular issues that leads them to retiring from their sport. So when we talk about exercise, I like to bring it down to two things. We can talk about a bunch, but it's going to be inflammation and cell division. Real quick, what is inflammation? Inflammation is good and it's also bad. Short-term acute inflammation helps break things down, but then it's the rest and repair in between that allows things to build back up. If we go down a cycle of chronic inflammation, then we're in a cycle of chronic breaking down or chronic destruction. Not a good thing and that can lead to uh, autoimmunity and a whole bunch of other things. Uh, another thing would be cell cellular division. Um, if cell division is accelerated, then we are increasing our aging. Um, our bodies can essentially only divide cells in an infinite number of times, right? So if we're calling upon them to do them more than they can, they're going to run out earlier, uh, essentially burning lots of calories, right? So over-exercising without the proper time of repair could be days, whatever we might need, while we're replacing with overly food, more food than we generally would need on an average healthy individual, as well as the teardown and the rebuilding of muscle, in a constant induction, this leads to accelerated cell division, which is aging. Truth is, we do work better on fewer calories than you know than what the average American consumes. Um, over caloric consumption equals enhanced cell division. So, what leads to this? It could be over exercise. It could be stress. It could be a number of different factors. So, our goal is to dial in the appropriate calories for the appropriate energy expenditure. This should then slow down cell division and upregulate our cellular repair. So I hope that all makes sense. We're coming to a 15-minute mark, and I like to keep these things short and sweet. Um, so this is just looking at the balance of where our biological age is compared to our chronological age and things that we can do to support that. Now, what I want to do in the next episode, I want to get into um, intermittent fasting. Um, and I also want to get into a little more on uh, the over-exercise factors, such as chronic cardio, as well as um, 
uh, when we delegate ourselves just to be in uh, sugar burners. Uh, hopefully to maybe give a little more information on this so you can uh, basically add years to your life and life to your years. So once again, Rob Cress here, Root Pharmacist. You could find me at Rob Cress uh, or rootpharmacist.com. Uh, find me socially as well. Have a great day and I appreciate you tuning in.